a prehistoric lizard rising from the depths of a craterous lake. No, wait, a flying squirrel soaring above the clouds? It's Varan, the Unbelievable. Is 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 Varan slash Varan? Is is it based on a flying squirrel? Because it certainly seems like it at one point. I mean, once he takes off, he looks like one. I mean that 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 much is for sure. You know, there's something really confusing about this movie, Eric. Whether it's Varan or Varan, yeah, I agree. That too. Um, <laughs> I I had to look it up online to see if he had wind powers or not, because uh, every time he shows up. The, it's like hurricane force winds when he's just walking on the ground. And I'm like, <laughs> what is causing this? Does he have hurricane powers? And I don't know it. And I'm like, I look it up. He doesn't have any like special powers. I'm like, so this is just a uh, filmmaking decision <laughs> that whenever uh-huh, he climbs uh-huh. out of the water, it's just hurricane force stormy. winds for no reason. Yeah, it's just, I also, I, I wouldn't say that Varen. The reason I say, call him a flying squirrel is I just wouldn't say Varen actually flies. Right? He kind of just glides, he glides. because he he doesn't fly across the ocean. You know, well, he swims. Well, you know, a, fl- a kind of hmm. That's good, Eric. I don't know because there's two. It's kind of a juxtaposition, right? So a flying squirrel has to climb up a tree to jump, and then they glide, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Varen jumps off the ground and flies. Like he he ascends into the air. Mm. So that means he can fly because he doesn't have to jump off a high point to to glide, unless he's just catching like the perfect most massive updraft of all time. Uh, you know what? Varen doesn't glide; he flies, and it's a plot hole that he can swim. I don't care what anyone says. This is the content. This is the content you only get on Monsters vs. Men, the bargain basement <laughs> of the pod of the Kaiju Podcast Airwaves. Uh, we're still trying our best to stay alive over here. And if you don't know us yet, I'm Eric. I'm Alex. And we talk about random Varen things, like can Varen fly? Mm-hmm. And that's all we talk about. <laughs> We've never talked about any other things. Uh, exactly. Hey, but before we jump into the rest of Varen, um, and more Varen versus Varen the Unbelievable, which I'm sure we'll get into, but before we jump in, hey, today's MVM Plus I'm looking forward to because we're going to do an over analysis <laughs> of the just released news of Godzilla Singular Point. So, Alex, I'm going to put on my best detective hat. You're going to put on your best detective hat, and we're going to uncover the secrets. Based on that mm. one released photo. Are you ready to uncover the secrets and be YouTube sensations? Pika, Pika. Get it? I'm <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> I had no sort of connection, but I'm here for it. Um, uh, he's, a, he's a pocket monster, Eric? I, no, I get monster. I get Pocket monsters or Smith. <laughs> That's what we are when we are being listened to on a phone, Eric. Eric. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, no, but I, I'm I am looking forward to. It. I actually have I do have some thoughts about this photo here, and I think we can uncover a couple of of secrets and maybe just start a couple internet rumors in the process. Alex, Ooh, that's what I'm what? planning on doing. Like how I tried to troll people online oh, with yeah. my comments about yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll get all into that in MVM Plus. Uh, you can join us there and become a member of the Bargain Basement Club over at patreon.com slash mvmpod. Uh, but Alex, why don't you uh, start us off with Varen's film introduction? Yeah, so Varen marks the first of many for scriptwriter Shinichi Sekizawa, who goes on to write several of the films upcoming in this series and many of the films we've already seen including most of the Showa-era Godzilla films. But how does the writing hold up compared to Rodan's last week? And when it comes to the script, do you feel kind of gypped? Ooh. <laughs> well, Alex, let me, uh, let me say a couple things here. Like, when I'm, when I'm talking about this movie today, I'm, I'm definitely going to be talking about Varen and not Varen the unbel- Unbelievable, which I just think is absolutely oh, yeah. a terrible movie. Um, and I'm, I'm really not going to talk. Like, I don't really feel like talking about that movie. I gave it well, one out of five stars. We, we have to talk about one aspect of it, besides the really bad editing. The yeah, weird we fight scene that happens. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the guy gets attacked out of nowhere. And then, uh-huh. the, and then the person and then, that attacked him just scurries Anna, off. Yes, so Commander James Bradley gets attacked. Uh, by a villager, by a villager, uh, and then uh, he scurries off, and Anna comes out and is like, "What happened?" and and nothing. Like Commander James Bradley says nothing. Right? Uh, he's not even out of breath. He's nothing. not out of breath. He's like smiling, like, "Oh, everything's cool." You he's know, like just totally a- okay with it. And then it's never explored again, which never, is just the best never. part. Oh man, it's that it's something else. But maybe that movie is better than this one. I. I <laughs> <laughs> I do ha- I do have an award that I'm going to give to something in Varen the Unbelievable, I will say. So I, I will talk about it there. But um, I think in the Japanese version here, I think it has all the components to make a solid monster film. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does. And specifically, I'm talking about, you know, the first act. I think the first act is stellar. Um, but unfortunately... That first act and, and what was so interesting about it fades as the movie progresses. Um, so I want to examine the elements that I, I talked about last week with Rodan and, and see if we have something similar here. And maybe this can kind of help us explain what goes wrong with Varen. So if you remember, I talked about these five components of 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 monster films, giant monster films mm-hmm. that were one, mystery and suspicion, two, panic and confusion. Three, acknowledgement and awareness. Four, crisis and solution, or sometimes solution and crisis. And five, creativity and reflection. So do you see those elements here, Alex? And do you think this helps us explain kind of what this film got wrong? Well, yes. Uh, I think all of those elements are definitely here. Um, And I think the first two in particular, mystery and suspicion, panic and confusion, are where this film really thrives. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've got this really great set of characters that really set up the movie. We get two like almost uh, fake main characters who very quickly Mm -hmm. are killed, which I really like that aspect of it. Because I was left thinking, like, did they survive? It builds that mystery and suspicion, you know? 
Yes, and and I like that they're actually dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And I really, I really like the panic and confusion initially because the jungle scene, mm-hmm. even though the wind makes zero sense, I really like the jungle scene and all all the madness that's kind of happening with it. But it's that third point, acknowledgement and awareness, where mm-hmm. the film really begins to unravel very quickly. And that's kind of where it's like game over for this movie. And while it does the other following elements, I yeah. think it fails at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, by the way, when, whenever I'm talking about these plot points, right, these pieces of this giant monster series of this puzzle, I, I don't think mm-hmm. for a second that the script writer or a script writer like Sekizawa, uh, I don't think they're necessarily thinking about those elements in their writing. But they just show up time and time again because they're so human, right? They tell a very human story. And so I, I agree with you. I think those first two elements really stand out. There's there's that one moment when the villagers all in mask rise up to face our three main heroes. Mm-hmm. And it's so unsettling. And the tone there is just perfect, perfect, you know. But unfortunately, by the time we get to acknowledgement and awareness, we lose the characters that that made the mystery and suspicion and panic and confusion parts interesting. And then, of course, we get solution after solution that just feels like it's it's completely muddled, um, and you really <laughs> lose the plot. Um, and then the final creative solution is pretty obvious. Like, you know what's going to happen. It's so obvious. It's so like, obvious. And, it's like, and it takes like it... 20 minutes to get to. It it's like you didn't figure this out. <laughs> and then there's just no real reflection. Right? There's no real reflection because ultimately the messaging of the film dies out. And it just seems like, guys, don't you see like the, the more that you're trying, the harder that Varen is fighting back, but they just never, they never get it, you know? <laughs> but ultimately this film seems like a tug of war between the personal and the procedural. And neither of those pieces wins out. Um, even though I think the personal elements when they're there are the stronger elements. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does them well, at least at first, right? I mean, everything else is pretty shoehorned in in the finale, if you ask me. Like, I was glad to see these characters, but mm-hmm. I had kind of forgotten they were even in it by the time <laughs> we got to the end. And frankly, I don't... They might as well not have even included the characters uh, at the end of the film, because by then, the thing is just a mess. Like... I'm baffled th- that it took so long in the film for an explosive that works better underground to be decided that it would work better inside the monster than mm-hmm. underneath him. I, <laughs> I just, I don't know what was happening. What's so hard for me is I don't understand how the same person made the first 30 minutes of this movie mm-hmm. and then made the rest of the film. And I think that's where we have to think about the, you know, this was supposed to be a TV adaptation, Um, you know, our TV movie. And then they made it into a feature film. You know, they kind of prolonged it to make it into a feature film. And and based off what I've read, a couple things about Varen, I don't think Honda was was super pleased with the end product either. And it does seem like there are several just, moments that are shoehorned mm-hmm. in just to extend it. But I think some of those personal moments wouldn't feel so shoehorned in if it wasn't so much 
uh, filler with stock footage. Yes. And, and that, that stock footage that goes on and on and on make the other parts, the more interesting parts, feel shoehorned. So I exactly. agree. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if they had changed, like, I, don't, I think they should, they probably had to shave more than 20 minutes off even to make this thing redeemable. Probably more than that. But I, because of that length, that big bloatedness of just seeing missiles fired at Varen nonstop, the movie just becomes so hollow and heartless by the mm-hmm. end. There, mm-hmm. There's n- the only emotion that's elicited through the like th- as a through line through the entire film is all because of Ifakube's score, yeah. yes. which is just completely excellent. But. I don't think there's really much to in this film to justify its existence to be anything more than a stepping stone for Toho. Mm. That 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 may be a little bit harsh. That may be Maybe. a little bit harsh because I do like as I said, I do like the personal elements. I think the jungle scene uh, where they go search for Jen, uh, who has just ran after his dog Chibi. You know, <laughs> it, it feels like honestly, I love it that feels part. like. Uh, Throne of Blood. Have you ever seen that Kurosawa film, Throne of Blood? It's I have so not. it's so mysterious uh, and so eerie. The the fog of that scene mm-hmm. uh, is great. And and you mentioned Ifukube's score, and and that has to be mentioned because at first you're like, what the heck? They're using the same scores. Oh wait, this is where that score started, right? This is this right. is where that that classic score we've we've you know become used to at this point. This is where it actually came from. Um, and it right. builds the tension that adds to scenes like that jungle scene that in, in its eerie otherworldliness. But then once you start getting used to that music, the music stops and you're just there in the jungle with the fog. And it seems like the trees are all around you and it feels claustrophobic. And the way that that tone is set in the first 30 minutes, you have, you have to admire that at least. And yes, Another thing you have to admire, I think, is Varan's design. I, I think Varan is, is an interesting-looking monster. Uh, you have the the spikes, which I think are really interesting on, on his back, and then of course some of the abilities that we've already talked about might leave you scratching your head, but they are pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, his design. I really like Varan's design. I have I have no problems with the monster himself, really. Uh, but it's just I I. I feel people are going to maybe not like this. And I feel like the movie could be erased from history. And the only thing missing would be Ifakube's amazing music, uh, <laughs> which, which is huge because those uh-huh. themes are awesome and incredible. But mm-hmm. I don't know if music just, I don't know, man, this movie, it just, it loses everything after 30 minutes because it even had really interesting themes that it seemed it like did. it was pursuing with, it did. with uh, concern about faith and things like that. That it was, it was science, was, science versus superstition. It was yeah. kind of this theme that was really interesting. Um, you had, you know, progress versus, you know, this, this isolated village. It, all of that was really interesting and you're right. It's dropped and there is no real messaging at the end. And that, and that is disappointing. And I just, it feel, I think the reason I'm so kind of disappointed with this movie is because that first, and I think maybe this is why Twitter and just the general community dislikes this movie so much, is because it shows so much promise. 
Mm-hmm. You see all that promise, and it just evaporates so quickly mm-hmm. that it's just so disheartening. Like <laughs> I was like really disappointed mm. uh, when it, when it happened, and it just kept going on and on because I, I thought maybe Twitter was being a little hyperbolic about this movie, and in the end, I'm pretty much agreeing with them. Yeah, well, I think I think we've got about 60 minutes of a good film overall of the close to 90. So I may be a little less harsh than you are, but I I definitely understand what you're going from going for. Um, You know who else I want to hear from though, Alex regarding Varen. It's the theometer. Welcome back to another. Theometer. This week. This week, we are talking about a movie, Theo, called Varen the Unbelievable. Are you ready for Varen the Unbelievable? See. Si. Okay, let's do it. So, here's the monster. Tell, tell me what you think about this monster here. You see the uh, shiks. The kinds are like scared. They're scared, yeah. Mm. You have the uh, shiks, shik sticking. I can't even say that right. Stick shaking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's Ver- there's Varen. What do you think about Varen? Uh, I feel like he looks like Godzilla. What do you think about his spikes? Look at though. What do you think about spikes? I feel like they would be a lot spikier than you guys would think. Yeah? Is Varen scarier or less scary than Godzilla? Uh, scarier than Godzilla. Really? What makes him scarier than Godzilla, do you think? think? Magusta, Godzilla. All right. That's great. But what makes him scarier? You think he's scarier than Godzilla? Uh-huh, I think. Why? What makes him scarier? He has those spikes. Those spikes? All right. Interesting. On a, on your on your Theo scare of scare, scale of scary, how scary is Varen? Uh, probably, uh, probably... A hundred and a half. A hundred and a half. Wow. A hundred and a half. You heard it here. Varen is a hundred and a half. All right. Until next week. Adios. Adios. All right. Welcome back into our awards. Let's go ahead and jump into these, Alex. Who do you have for your coolest character award? Uh, Mine is Priest Guy. Uh, He's the priest. (laughs) He's the village priest. And you know he died. He's he he might be the first one to die from Varan. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, uh, but he dies trying to protect everybody in the way that he believes it will. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but really, the coolest thing is that he's just so committed to shaking that stick. <laughs> <laughs> he is committed to shaking that stick. You are right, Alex. Yeah. What about uh, you, Eric? So for me, there's no question. There's no question. And the priest guy is cool, but the coolest character is Dr. Sujimoto, who's played by Correa Sinda, who is actually quite the prolific actor when you take a look at his filmography. But Dr. Sujimoto, he just remains so stoic and so calm in every situation. It's almost comical until you realize that he's just taking everything in and ultimately coming up with the solutions. Now, it should he should come up with that solution you know, about like 24 hours earlier as soon as as mm. the potential for that solution arises, but I I I will give him a little bit of credit. He is a listener and a processor 
we don't see him in any other uh, Godzilla-related films, which is interesting, I don't think, at least. Um, but but he, I thought he was pretty good in his role, even though he was a very understated, calm character. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was, yeah. Th- that's one thing this movie excelled at was characters. Um, so, Eric, what about you? Uh-huh. <laughs> the most memorable line award? So this was the one. This is the one that uh, I chose from the uh, English dub, which is more than an English dub. It's an English butchering, and it's uh, from Commander James Bradley. And Commander James Bradley says to Anna, his wife, "It's all clear, little one." Right, um, and this is towards the end of, of the film, and, and so like all I was thinking is like, man, I, I want this movie to be all clear uh, as soon as possible, and <laughs> and honestly, it, just the line to to his wife was also just demeaning, and it represented their whole relationship. Like she just tagged along with him, and he just kind of patted her on the head uh, yes. like a like a pet, and I was like, this is this is pathetic. Right. One thing I want to say is that she was right, and he is the reason that so many people died. I agree, right? Like she was right the whole time. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't like the English doesn't make that any sort of clear or like put any sort of blame on him at the end. Oh, really? No, not it's whatsoever. Like, you just you have know, to read into it. Kind of. I mean, not even read, read into it. You just have to look at the film and be like, oh yeah, he's, he's a complete jerk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He is. I mean, he he just is now. I actually, interestingly, I don't think his performance is bad. Like I'm not saying this guy, Myron Healy has a bad performance. Like it's actually pretty decent. I actually think like the actors, it was almost like a noir like performance. It was. And and honestly, like it, it wasn't a terrible performance. It was a very terribly edited together. Like, Insanely oh my bad. God. Um, I couldn't believe how badly edited this thing was. I had to show CC several times, yeah, and it, it, was, it gave us a good laugh. Yeah, it was it was really ridiculous. But it's all clear, little one. We've made it clear of Ren, that unbelievable Alex. What about you? The most memorable line award. Well, your award actually makes me think that just unbelievable could be wiped from history, and we'd be okay. And we'll just leave <laughs> Varan. How about that? There we go. That's um. And, I, you know, mine has, I have a very similar sentiment. Now, I did a tweet with this line. I didn't think it would actually be my favorite line, most memorable line when I did it. Because I, at that point, I was really enjoying the movie. I just did it for, because I know everybody, how everybody feels about it. Well, it ended up being true. And it says, it's been 25, it's been, oh, 25 minutes have passed, but nothing's happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's this movie to a T. <laughs> that describes the end for sure. Like the 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 final third, and I would the, say the, two the back thirds. Half, the back half, I would say. So, but what about your can't believe the acting award? Uh, priest guy shaking a stick. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> he does a, he does a great job. He's fully committed to the stick shaking, and actually, I like <laughs> I like I actually like. Uh, when they're all yelling for the boy to come back, who's follow their dog, and then they decide to break the barricade, mm-hmm. and they're all going. It looks like the person that's playing that character is out of character in that moment. Like he didn't know he was in the frame because he just looks like he's just kind of watching everybody act. Like he's not, yeah. he's not reacting in any way. I, just, I noticed that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you it was did. interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because he was an interesting character to me. You know, beyond the shakes. Shaking of the stick, but um, 
Speaking of that, uh, I, I thought another obvious choice here. Like, I, I yeah. think the Can't Believe the Acting Award has to go to Fumiko Hanma. Who's that? It's Jen's mother, you uh, know, because she's just such a minimal role in this movie. Yes. But the way that she sells her pain when Jen runs away makes you genuinely scared because, like, she's probably seen some things. Uh, I was like, yes. oh, my gosh, she is really going for it. And, and it's a couple of times. Like, it's not just that one scene. There's a couple of times where real emotion is shown from this actress. And, you know, when she when he comes back, whenever he comes back and, and is reunited with his mother, once again, there's a genuinely touching moment because of her. Um, so I, I was impressed in her small role. She took the Can't Believe That Acting Award. Yeah, she does do a good job. That's a good point. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Completely forgot about her, but you know, you, as soon as you said her, I just picture her like screaming at the at the gates. It's a yeah, yeah, excellent little visual. Um, what mm-hmm. about your uh, standout effect award? So I thought about going with um, Varen, uh, the suit in general, but I'm going to go with the fog that I mentioned a little bit earlier in some of those early jungle scenes because it really set the tone. Uh, there was that just eerie otherworldly tone uh, from the beginning of this film that the villagers played into themselves that, that could have made this film really interesting. And I'm hoping we see more of that sort of element maybe next week with Mothra. Um, but I'm going to go with the fog just because it really took me back to throne of blood uh, and, and set the tone really well. Oh, okay. I, uh, <laughs> mine were in the same scenes or I guess later scenes and the mine. And I, this is literally, I took the award literally this time, standout effect, the one that I can still not explain. I mentioned it earlier. The wind that accompanied Varen for no reason. Not when yeah. he was flying, but when he's just walking around. Hurricane force winds. Now, maybe he's just a gassy monster. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. I don't know why everything becomes windy when he's around, but it does. And uh, <laughs> I, as far as I know, no science has been able to explain it. Oh, man. What about your Oh, That's a Good Shot award, Alex? Uh, you could take your pick. There's a couple of them. But anytime Varen is sitting in front of a rock and there's a submarine going over his head, it's just like an excellent <laughs> piece of art. <laughs> Those were funny. You know, like he's like, seems like he's sitting with his yes. back against a rock. You know, he's That's like exactly chilling out it. there. And there's these little <laughs> torpedoes on both sides of his head just falling there. And he's like, yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it is it is completely uh it, it's out of tone with the rest of the film yeah and it, it's just it's so bizarre visually it's just <laughs> it felt like it belonged to like a gamera movie like showa era gamera uh-huh. <laughs> well but it's bizarre what about what about yours my mine is uh, when our trio of heroes after the first two have have been killed. We've got Kenji, Rico, and Horiguchi. They make their way through the jungle uh, in search of this village. And once again, you had that eerie moment, and you get that music, and then the music stops. And then there's this quick shot up, like to the sky above. Like you're you're looking to see the sky to see mm-hmm. like what is the sound that's being made. And, and the camera looks up, and you can't really see the sky. It's, it's covered um, by the canopy of the jungle. Mm-hmm. And once again, you get that claustrophobic feeling, and, and that tone is set. And it's just that small little shot, that small little detail that helps sell 
um, the suspense in, in these early scenes. So that was my, uh, oh, that's a good shot award. Okay. And now, Eric, you mentioned that you had another award. I had a thing as well. Mm. Um, I had a challenge for you, and it was to okay. say something nice about the English version. <laughs> well, I don't, <laughs> I don't have another award today, but um, I, I think I said it. I think I think the acting is fine uh, in the English version. Uh, Myron Healy is fine. The, he can't help that his script is pretty patronizing and demeaning but <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah he he does he does fine and that's all I, that's all i got <laughs> yeah i uh i i, I liked uh Varen's suit design <laughs> oh man <laughs> does that even count no no not really <laughs> but I, i'm with you it's the acting i like the noirish almost feeling tone even though it mm-hmm. totally didn't belong yeah. but i just enjoyed that one aspect and that was what kept me vaguely awake during that one (laughs) nice well let's go ahead and rate and rank this and we're just really ranking out of the toho films that we've seen so far alex so where does this non godzilla uh, toho films yeah non godzilla toho films good point uh where does this fall in your rating and ranking so this falls at the very bottom the english (laughs) version goes to the very very bottom We've only seen one movie. I know that these are worse <laughs> than what we've got left. Um, I, but I, I'm not going to say everything bad, right? The the mystery and the suspicion part of the film are all way up there. It, it Honestly, it lasts probably until Varen destroys the village. And even when they first start the attack on Varen. And I, but after that, it's... At that point in the film, it just kind of starts falling apart because up to that point, I was like sitting here laughing to myself thinking, why does the Twitter crowd hate this movie? This is going to be Eric and Alex putting out our contrarian viewpoint all over again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the rest of the movie happened. And I don't know. Again, I I know it got adapted into a from a TV to a movie. But I don't know what happened in the creative process to cause this movie to spiral so out of control. Yeah. Because it is really excellently excellently executed at the ver- at the first 30 minutes. Mm. Uh, and to have fallen apart in such a way, I'm still confused about. I mm. like the Varen design. I w- and I, I like the other, other than the music, which is phenomenal. And... It's contributed a lot to the genre. The the movie itself, it's. I, I feel like we could just get rid of it almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Varen deserves to be in the background of Destroy All Monsters, but unlike these films, I would like to see Varen himself again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think Varen would be interesting to see again. We, we we need a reinterpretation of the monster a little bit, uh, yes. something fresh and new. But I, I think that would be great. Um, yeah. So, what, oh, wait, what, what was this gives, out of a five? And yeah. and it's at the bottom of the list. You already said I, I've been really hard on it, but that first thirty is really excellent. So I am going to give it a two out of five. Okay, uh, because I really did enjoy that portion of it, and they did some pretty unique and interesting things. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Well, you know, as I said before, Varen the Unbelievable, the English version, is one of the worst films we've seen on the podcast. So for this review, I'm really just going to talk about the Japanese version. Um, Varen's opening excels. It lays a foundation for what I hope is to come for some of the Sekizawa films that we have yet to see, including Mothra for next week. Now, there's this theme of super, stu- superstition versus science, which is a recurring film our recurring theme in some of these films. And I think it's set up really well here. Unfortunately, there just isn't a payoff. And the messaging, it ends up becoming keep fighting at all costs, even when it seems like fighting keeps making matters worse, right? Uh, The film is at its best when it gets personal and it places its characters in those horrifying positions where they really are facing a threat. So you have that buildup of the scientist deaths. You have the the jungle scenes that we've talked about already. Yeah. You have Yuriko being trapped in the cave facing Varen. And you've got Kinji's daring encounter um, where he basically sacrifices himself. Now he gets away, but just barely. Those are the standout moments. And then you've got Eva Kube's score, which of course is classic and, and keeps coming around in more and more movies and it started here so you have mm. to give it credit for that so with that said it does fall below rodan uh, we were both fans of rodan last week but this one for me is a 2.5 out of five wow you really you really did and i'm not saying you loved it you're only half a point higher than me but i think you really did enjoy this one a little bit more than me yeah yeah but i i do think <laughs> i do think the last part of it that we've talked about is pretty weak. <laughs> it's, it gets, it gets really weak. The, the whole crisis and solution back and forth aspect of, of those genre aspects that we've been talking about is mm. just, it's just not well done. And then they're, you, they're basically, you heard it here, no folks. Reflection. Eric said that this movie is better than Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that's true. That, that's true. Oh, Eric, Eric. <laughs> Oh, God. At least that one kept me awake. Um, all right. So, all right, Alex. We've got you, our have rhyme rhyme, time. you have a rhyme time? I for do. Mothra. Because I've disappointed myself and our audience, I think, so much because I know they expect a lot from me. They and do. lately, I've just been dropping the ball. So, here we go. Up next is the original Mothra. After Mothra versus Godzilla, should we Bothra? Or does it bring something new for us to eschew? Mm, I like this, Alex. I like this. So mine is a question and it's based on, it's based off something uh, my parents told me or my dad told me that my parents watch Wheel of Fortune. You ever watch Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> Not only, for, like six, only like 60 year olds watch Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, be like it's been many, only. many years. It used to be one of those shows that was on when my mom was cooking because uh-huh. it's one of those shows that you don't really watch. No, 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 no. My mom watches it like every night. <laughs> That, that, good for her. Think about how good for her. She, she probably she knows is, how right? to do those Wheel of Fortune p- puzzles, you know. Yeah, but it, it they were watching it, it, and it ins- it inspired this uh, rhyme. All right. Okay. Uh, did you know Mothra was recommended by Pat Sajak? Will this recommendation smack, or does Pat's Wheel of Fortune crack? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this is true. Well, it, it was true. It was recommended. I think it came up somehow and and he recommended it in in his little chat you know vanna vanna is his uh you know yes. his partner in, in crime there on wheel of fortune 
and they brought up Mothra and he recommended it as a strong sci-fi film or something like that. Um, when was so this? It was, it was a couple, it was like a couple months ago. My dad told me about it. So. You were watching it at home. No, I wasn't come, watching it. Come clean, sir. <laughs> come clean. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, dang it. Oh, <laughs> DVR set every night, 6 p.m. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. uh, Let's what, wrap it up. Wheel of Wheel of Wheel of Fortune Spinners Club. There is some sort of like <laughs> there's some sort of club membership. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I may or may not be a part of. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's go ahead and we'll we'll jump into MVM Plus here, Alex, to talk about Godzilla's singular point. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. On Letterboxd, I'm Eric Neely and Alex is Alex Cornette. You yeah. can email oh, oh, us. Or you can follow Eric's um, <laughs> Wheel of Fortune uh, oh account at gosh. Mr. Eric Neely Wheelie. <laughs> You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com <laughs> or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. And as we said, you can join us MVM Plus and get Alex to make fun of me more. Um, you can become a Bargain Basement Club member at patreon.com slash mvmpod. Um, Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, as always, for listening. Until next week, try, <laughs> try to, stay to stay alive. alive. to know how passionate about Will Fortune you are. So passionate. <laughs> My mom loves Wheel of Fortune. Is <laughs> is code for I adore Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs>